With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise. For your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Hey, welcome to the Bosco Boys podcast. It's your friends, Grant KSU and Scott Wildcats. Um, we got our full Q&A podcast today where we took a bunch of questions from you guys and we're going to answer them all. Scott, tell us about our beer of the week. Yep, beer of the week, beer of the pod comes to you straight from the Stock Road District here in Kansas City, right down there by Kemper Arena, Stockyards Brewing Company. It's the very delicious Foxtrot Scottish Ale, perfect for this uh, unseasonably wintry start to spring. It's pretty tasty. Nice and malty, smooth. Goes pairs well with this crappy weather. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a great beer. And speaking of uh, crappy, we have a little bit of housekeeping news. We'll kick it off with the news that our very own Ahmad Wainwright has been charged by the U.S. Marshals with two felony accounts of obstructing justice. Uh, not good. I think that kind of spells the end of his career. And speaking of end of his uh, K-State career, uh, the big old Sola, or, uh, center Salah has left the K-State program. So it looks like we have Two open scholarships. One will be filled by the three-star guard uh, recruit Williams, and uh, now we have that illustrious open spot if we can land the JUCO transfer Trice. Yes, um, you know one of those fairly expected. I don't think anyone's surprised that Sala is going to be transferring out. He didn't make much of an impact on the team, and as far as Wainwright, um, I don't know. It's obviously not ideal for a team like us who already <clears throat> struggles a bit with depth but he didn't have that much of an impact on our season so it's not like a huge blow at this point in time and you know we don't know what's going to happen I would assume he's probably done at Kansas State but um, maybe it'll open the door for someone else to step up so I guess we just gotta probably move on from him yeah, I think that's probably right. Speaking of moving on, we're not going to waste any more time. Let's uh, hop into the meat of this pod, which is a Q&A podcast. As you heard at the top, submitted on Twitter by you guys, our fans, using the hashtag, hashtag AskBosco. Yes, I'll get us started off. We're going to go every four questions. So I'll start with the first four. I've got number one. At Big Al 034, hmm, this guy sounds familiar. How did your love for the cats start slash begin? 
who influenced you guys, and what are some of your first memories of games slash K-State experiences? So first shout out to Big Al 034. This was actually the very first hashtag Ask Bosco question in the history of the pod. We saved it for this episode uh, instead of trying to shoestring it into our Kentucky preview pod. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a good fellow K-State graduate and don't ever let him forget that. Uh, so my love for the Cats began uh, at youth level. I mean, as far back as I can remember, I come from a mixed house K-State grad dad. Uh, mom was the baby Jayhawk when she went to school at KU. Uh, so I kind of grew up with, you know, two sides, you know, pulling me one way or the other. I think I always felt more in love with Manhattan, the game day experience. I really enjoyed the mom side of the family heckling me and kind of giving me a hard time every time I wore purple. And as you guys know, I don't step away from confrontation. So I think that kind of is what pushed me to go full-blown cats. Who influenced you guys? Number one, uh, my dad, uh, you know, shout out to dad. His birthday's this week. Uh, great email. Uh, you know, I'm a third generation K-State graduate so also goes to Arvid McFarland uh, the greatest K-State fan there ever was those two really influenced me uh, some early memories I just remember being a young kid running around the concourse before the game really being into the game into the Willie skits the pregame hype videos and just all that stuff that attracts you as a little kid to going to sporting events so that's uh the, the, those are my answers. What brought you to this wonderful life as K-State fandom, Grant? Um, well, grew up basically in a K-State house. Um, my dad was a K-State grad. And we had season tickets f- to football games basically in the 90s. And I, those are pretty much my earliest memories is K-State football in the 90s. The heyday, probably at our peak. Um, so football success, it also helped you know that we were really good. Football success helped me stick around. Um, some of my earliest memories of games and K-State experiences, uh, probably the one one of my earliest, I would say, is probably the Cotton Bowl 96 against BYU. I have like literally a, a two-second flash memory of that game. And then the game that I can really start, or at least where I can say that I was able to start kind of getting into the games was 98 Nebraska back in the 98 season I, I remember actually instead of just running up and down the stairs like an idiot watching the games and trying to get into it uh so yeah that's pretty much it K-State house that, season tickets in the 90s kind of hard to kind of hard to not be still around you know that 98 Nebraska game actually is the first game that I kind of remember everything from the build-up to the actual game to the end as a spectator. I was in attendance that game. That game might make an appearance in some later answers, but I remember watching college game day at the house before dad and I drove to uh, Manhattan. The asker of this question, Big Al 034, I remember he was so sad. He wasn't going to the game. He was walking around in a Chiefs jersey looking all sad because he thought he was going to have to cheer for Nebraska. Later on, when we came home after that game, he came running down the stairs in the house wearing a brand new K State jersey. So he, you know, his mood turned around. I remember showing up to the game, seeing a cherry picker on the back of a fire truck 
dangling a mannequin wearing a Nebraska jersey. I remember the Willie skit. I remember all of it. It was that. That is the first game I remember beginning to end, and what a glorious first game to truly remember everything from. Yeah, I remember that one well. It was it was awesome. All right, uh, that's that'll probably do it for that one. Moving on. Question two at get at me me or get get at meme. However, however he wants to pronounce that. Um, why should we listen to your takes on K State things? What are your qualifications? Why should I listen to your Kansas State podcast? Thanks for the question. Get at me. Yeah. Uh, we threw this in there basically <laughs> to reiterate what I think we want to become. We're not going to pretend to be these super professional journalists. We are fans. We're trying to give you guys some podcasts some content that's coming from a fan's point of view. We, Between Grant and I, when we talk about K-State, we're going to say we because we get caught up in it. This is our team. We're not being paid to cover something and have to treat this as a job. We just kind of want to take, you know, the banter from K-State Twitter and bring it to you in podcast form. And uh, if you enjoy the banter and the life online of a K-State fan, I think you're going to enjoy this podcast. I would agree. Also, you should listen to this K-State podcast because you grew up a K-State fan. So, Uh, Also, I mean, we've been fans for 20 years. We know what we're talking about. We objectively – no decent amount on about K-State and K-State things. Uh, can't promise that we're not going to be reactionary sometimes because this is a fan podcast. But, yeah, it's all about the banter. So if you like the banter, then listen, and you'll have fun. All right, moving on. Also, you should listen because if you don't, then we'll, we'll stop inviting you to breweries with us. <laughs> yeah, specifically to at get at me for yeah. everyone else. You know, you're welcome to come to breweries with us anytime. Exactly. Uh, but him specifically, if you ever stop listening, you can't come with us to breweries anymore. <laughs> exactly. All right, next question. This one is from our good friend of the pod, KSU underscore fan. Who is your best podcast guest of all time? Well, this one's Ooh. pretty easy. This one's pretty the- easy. Um, and it's not because you were the only guest ever. You may... Be ranked up there when things are all said and done at the end. This is Mr. KSU underscore fan. Hope to have you back again. Um, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you definitely should. He's a great analytical follow. He puts out tons of statistics related to the games and helps you break down the game from a mathematical standpoint, and it's always super interesting. So. Yeah, I can't add anything to that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope he becomes one of our most reoccurring guests because he brings – if you want that analytical – uh, level of breakdown, he's going to be what brings it to you. We'll try our best to break some stuff down from time to time, but you know, if you're if we're getting super analytical on this pod, we're hoping to bring him into the fold. Yes, he'll be back for sure. Um, next question. This one is from at Mr. Kellis Robinette. Welcome to the pod, K Dog. It's about time, K Dog. Okay, Bosco the dog is esoteric and well before your time what makes you guys love him so much well uh you know a little just a quick backstory when i first started writing into kelsey's k uh q a blog post i always would ask him about bosco the dog until he started answering wow what makes me love him so much he was the very first mascot of at the time kansas state agricultural college uh 
a black lab named Bosco wearing a purple shirt. I love live mascots. Uh, you know, I think that we should bring one back, and I think it's so much more realistic to bring in a dog mascot. We're not, we're never bringing back a live bobcat. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think my love for just dogs and live mascots and wanting my wonderful school to have one, I think it just made it very natural to be the flag bearer of the bring back Bosco movement. I agree. I also just think I, I like it because it's just a unique part of history. Um, kind of random that we had a dog. <laughs> it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Also, I like dogs. I like good boys. So, I don't know. I think it's it just also kind of sets us apart from the others. Um, it's it's more unique than just having like a K State K State podcast. I don't know what what we would call it, but Bosco's boys is it's nice. It's unique. It sets us apart, and I like it. Your turn. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to ask a couple more questions from the host of the game on 1350 K Man back in Manhattan. Uh, Jay Kurtz asks, "Why does Kellis Robinette wear socks and sandals, and who first discovered this? The first ever putting someone in the doghouse worked so well. It did. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, anyone who didn't listen to that Kentucky preview pod." may not really know what happened, but at the end of the pod, we asked all of our listeners to tweet at Kels Robinette and ask him why he wears socks with sandals. I'm not really sure how we came up with that. We just try to think of something funny and relatively harmless to uh, razz our, gay, our guy K-Dog. And uh, I think Jay Kurtz probably, he, he, I, I don't know if he listened. If you did, thanks for listening. But uh, you know, now a ton of people legitimately think that's something that Kels does. Yes, I can't wait to put someone else in the doghouse. I don't know when we're going to do it or why, but I'm looking forward to the next time that we do. Yep, so do I. Uh, next question from at Ryan Pete KSU. What is the preferred podcast playback speed? I'm thinking a conservative 1.5x speed. Grant, what speed do you listen to our great podcast? This is insanity. I, I can't. I don't know. I think if you're listening to podcast on any other speed other than normal, then you're an insane person. I know you do. You listen to yours. You speed yours up, which I just think is absolutely absurd. That would drive me insane. I have to listen to them. I mean, I want my podcasts to last. So, because usually I'm running out of podcasts and it's like, oh, well, I have nothing to listen to now. So I listen to them on a normal speed. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's your preference, whatever you want to do. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, you know, I listen, I li- always listen to us at a 1.0 speed the first time through just to, you know, see if I can pick up on anything. But I will go back and re-listen a couple days later at my preferred 2x speed. Uh, don't let Grant tell you any different. If you are an elite human, you're listening to tons of podcasts and you want to be able to cycle through and get as much information in your day as possible. So anything less than 1.25, get out of here. I disagree. I disagree. You're, I think you're a waste, man. But t- t- tweet into us. Tell us what what yeah. speed you guys listen to us at. Tweet us. Let's figure out who's right, who's wrong, and just you know get a little bit more interaction with you guys. Um, next, uh, a, a very good, very good current K State student at Gregory Hauser three. What would you tell an aspiring podcaster if they're trying to start their own podcast? 
Is there any method to the Bosco's boys' madness? Well, I will say, wait a month and we'll get back to you, Greg. If you want to DM, <laughs> we, if you want to DM me, I can tell you everything we've done. But we're—I mean, we just started. Right now, we're just using an app, and the app is about to be history. So we're gonna move on with uh, our. We're gonna move on into like real equipment, and we'll go from there. But we don't. We're just kind of taking it one episode at a time, but we don't really know. So I would say we'll get back to you, Greg. I would say get yourself a dedicated co-host like Grant KSU. <laughs> yeah, there you Couldn't go. Couldn't do it without you. All right, uh, the last one I'll ask, and uh, it's a doozy, and I, I loved recounting this uh, today while I was at the mysterious day job from at Chandler Riley underscore what are your favorite K-State sports memories that you were able to witness in person any sport? I, so I, I'll let you go. I, I did a little pre-work. So. Yeah, this could go. I mean, we could we could do a whole podcast about this question probably. Um, I could start off favorite, probably just top-tier memories that I have that when I think about like K-State football classics. We got 98 Nebraska. I was there. 2000 Nebraska, arguably better. Um, people thought, I remember thinking, we're never going to beat Nebraska again um, after 98. And a couple of years later, we do it in Manhattan. We knock off number four in Nebraska to clinch the Big 12 North. And it's, of course, the snow game. People are on the field sliding. Willie's on top of the press box doing KSU. That was just an iconic, iconic K State football game. Um, I really liked one of the only like bowl games or, well, not bowl games, but neutral sites that I traveled to for K-State sports where we actually performed well and won. Uh, 2000 Tennessee, the Cotton Bowl, that was pretty fun. It was snowy, cold. Uh, 2002 USC, I mean, that was awesome. I'll never forget that. I guess we can do some recents. A little more recent, uh, I really loved... Uh, the, like the entire 2011 season at home was awesome in football. The A&M game, four overtimes. The Baylor game where we beat RG3. The Big 12 title game. and or Well, not the Big 12 title game, but the game where we won, clinched the title against Texas in uh, 2012. That was awesome. Hoops-wise, probably 07 KU was the best ever where we broke the streak. And then I've seen a couple... Uh, couple other KU victories. I've been to a lot of KU games, actually, and I have a, I think I have a winning record playing against KU in person. But uh, that's about it for me. I liked seeing the Lavenders in person this year. That was fun. Went to the TCU game. I'd love to see the Lavenders again. But that's that's about it for me. There's, there's a lot of them to choose from, but those are my faves. Yep, we got some uh, similarities. Uh, I have 98 Nebraska on my list. We already chatted about that game. I don't know if any single football game will top that. Uh, just, just amazing the the atmosphere. Being just a kid and and just I, I don't think you can beat the unbridled joy as a kid seeing your team pull off a game that meant so much. Uh, the next one on my list chronologically was I was at the 2002 Holiday Bowl versus Arizona State. That was that's the only bowl victory I got to see. That was a lot of fun. Had to that come game from was, behind. That game was awesome. That is yeah, such it, a rewatchable game. Yes, and, uh, and that was on my birthday. We spent the entire first part of that day in Tijuana, Mexico, 
And I was <laughs> spazzing out trying to get back across the border thinking we weren't going to make it to the game on time. Uh, so I wasn't a happy camper until, you know, you saw triple zeros on the clock, but that, that'll always be an amazing memory for me. The next one for me, I was at Allen Fieldhouse in 2005 when I saw K-State take down KU, uh, you know, Drama Diara, Cartier Martin, Clint Stewart, Jim Waldridge taking down KU. Uh, it was amazing. I, you know, being able to see the cats who were so hapless at that time take down KU, uh, it was great. Uh, and then, you know, Jim Waldridge gets fired, you know, a month later. But, you know, it was great. The next one on my list that really comes up, I was at the round of 32 win versus BYU in basketball. Seeing your team clinch a berth in the Sweet 16 for the first time in your life is amazing. An underrated basketball game that I don't think it's talked about enough. The beginning of the 2010 season coming off that ranked in the top five Virginia Tech at 2 o'clock in the afternoon during a 24 hours of basketball marathon. That 2011 game versus KU, the Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, Jake going off versus Missouri late in the season. You know, he scored like 10 of the first 12 points of the game. Uh, Senior night for Jake versus Iowa State. You know, a lot. this is why I'm in college now, so I'm going to every game. Uh, That 2011 season, you already talked about it, beating RG3 and Baylor four overtimes versus A&M. Back into that 2012 season, killing Miami. That was amazing. Just kicked their ass. That was a fun game. Very underrated. You know, it wasn't close. There's no drama. But you're asserting your will over this team, and you're thinking, okay, this can be a special season. Uh, at Iowa State, 2012, so a, ro- a true road victory I've been to. I was in the third row of their student section. Tons of angry Iowa State fans because, like always, those idiots thought they were going to beat us. <laughs> and like always, we beat them, and they go home crying. Uh, you know, being able to witness that in the in the flood dome—that's you know—that's amazing. You already said the 2012 uh, win over UT to clinch it, and then one more non-basketball, non-football I had on there. I was at the 2013 K-State versus Oklahoma baseball game that clinched us the Big 12 title. So oh, nice, you know. I remember nice, watching that nice on TV. There. That was pretty. Yeah, that was fun. I, that was a fun. I went to a ton of Batcats games in college, and any any of our listeners in Manhattan, you're missing out. They're actually having a better than expected season. So get out to Toyton and support the Cats. Do they serve beer? They huh. do. do they, they really serve beer at Toyton and at soccer games. We might have a live soccer pod. This fall, shout out to the Lady Cats. Oh, we should definitely go to a game. We should go to a soccer game. All right. I guess it's my turn. Um, what are your least favorite K-State traditions? You start. Well, and <laughs> yeah, and that's from... At oh, sorry. S- at Spoiser. Uh, at S-P-O-Y-S-E-R-12. S-Poiser. And, yeah, I, I'm not really sure. But part of that got cut off because I was looking at this question in our mentions he also put in their least and your favorite. So he wanted both. Okay. So uh, I'm, yeah. So you go ahead with. Missed. Go ahead. Yeah. So j- real quickly, some of my favorite traditions. We just brought it back. I love the mismatch lavender basketball jerseys. I love those. I wish they would wear them every single game. Since we're just coming out of basketball season, I like the Bring on the Cats graphics, which is an evolution from the Bring on the Cats chant back in the Ahern days. I miss this tradition 
Sandstorm. Gene, I know you're listening. I know you're a friend of the pod. Bring it back, my friend. Uh, you know, going into football, you know, well, and this is basketball also, the Wabash Cannonball. You know, when you have the student section engaged in rocking, it doesn't get much better than that, in my opinion. Uh, and then, you know, another thing that I just enjoy is always making Iowa State cry. Uh, yeah. Those are some of my fra- favorite traditions. I wanted to leave a couple in-, in there for you. But real quick, my least favorite traditions is the Wildcat March from John <laughs> Philip Souza. So I'll-, I'll let you tell us some of your favorites and least favorites as well. Favorites were basically the same. The Lavenders, incredible. I wish that we could wear them every game. I wish I could sleep in it. I wish I could wear it. Every day, we need to sell the lavenders. Pronto, make them available to the public, Gene. I know you're a number one listener, so I know you're going to hear this. Um, what others? The Wabash, it's great. I wish we would play it a little bit less because we abuse it, play it about a million times a game. But Wabash is fun, especially if you're actually there in the student section. It's a great time. Um, other favorites, I really... Miss Stan- Miss Sandstorm. I really miss the tunnel dance as well. That would be great oh, to have the tunnel shout. dance back. Um, that was a, such a good tradition. That's something that we could have milked for a long time, and it's a shame that we had to, we got rid of that. Um, least favorite. Uh, I don't hate the Wildcat March like you do, but um, losing to KU every single basketball game it seems like. <laughs> Uh, I honestly hate our entire football pregame and I want, I feel like we could do a segment on what we, we, what we would each do to improve the football pregame. It's so awful. Aside from like the band part, which I love, I love the entire band pregame at football games, but like we don't do anything anymore to hype the crowd. It's like, you don't know, you, you don't, there's no real rhythm to the pregame. It's just like, well, Here's a proud of this proud of our house, and then oh hey Willie's oh Willie's on the fifty yard line. I didn't even see him come out. Oh they're doing KSU. Okay, it's just like give me something. Give me like a tunnel cam. Give me like an iconic video that we play every game, or like a we need a song that's gonna get that we play that everyone gets pumped up to. Give me some fog. I don't know, but we need something. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I, I I just I wanted to go down the tunnel of improving the lead into kickoff at football games but i think that might be something that we just have to you know touch on yeah you know i could later I, I on this love off to, season. i would love to break down i would love to go into that because like i have i have a vision of it and it would just be great it'd be 10 times better than what it is now but all right moving on uh this one is at rd jensby r-d-j-e-n-s-b-y Wildcat March, great pre-game tradition or greatest pre-game tradition? That is my question. Please don't deviate from answering my question as submitted. Scott, you can take this one personally. No comment because I already said what I thought about the Wildcat March. Fair enough. Next question. At Mike McIntyre 2. That's at Mike McIntyre 2. What is your favorite football pre-game Willie skit? First off, I need to bring the skit back. I... I understand we had a very unfortunate incident uh, back when we were in college yeah. uh, that led to the tackle going away. Let's, let's get things straight real quick. They got rid of the skit a long time ago. It's been, it was at least two or three seasons 
before the the seizure incident uh-huh. they they got lazy and they just started trotting out uh you know some guy dressed up as another fan and then willie spearing him uh, i think there is a way to get back to a skit and maybe willie doesn't need to spear him you know he can go casey wolf style and just like you know do a jumping body slam instead of going head first with a 50 pound battering ram uh so i'll end that rant uh something that i remember and it was back during you know the most recent or i guess not the most recent the last good batman trilogy there was a pretty elaborate batman skit that i really enjoyed uh willie doing uh and that's something that sticks out in my head there was also a 007 uh, skit versus KU where some KU doofus tried to steal a cheerleader away and of course Willie being the stud and massive unit that he is took care of business uh, so those are just a couple that ca- came to my mind when I was thinking about old Willie skits man it's hard to even remember but one sticks in my mind oh also tradition that we need to bring back Willie's car Willie needs to yes. we need to bring what his happened? car back I don't know why Why that was great I used to love that's, see that's a thing that we're like you would see Willie driving up on the screen, and then people would start to go insane. It was great. That's the type of anticipation and the type of buildup that we need in a pregame. Now it's just all garbage. But anyways, 98, Nebraska. I don't know if you remember this, but Willie was like, it was like a water boy skit. Where oh, yes. <laughs> that's like the one that I rem- the only one I ever can remember. I, I don't remember it, like individual it, skits, but I, you know, I remember like the car and all that stuff and the tackling, but... I don't, the one I remember, like, where actually I can, like, remember the whole skit was the 98, because he's water boy, and he comes out, and he's, like, setting up his table, he's got his stupid backpack on with water, and a Nebraska comes and, like, screws up his table, and then he goes and, he goes and tackles him. That's the one I remember, so that's probably my favorite. And if memory serves me correctly, he was actually wearing a Jeff Kelly jersey he over was, the top yes. of his Willie jersey, which I thought was weird but you know shout out to jeff kelly i guess if yeah, you want to come on did. to the pod he did have a number eight jersey you're absolutely right yeah. okay moving on this is a really good question from brogan underscore barry 18 x player brogan barry this Friend is the pod. a pretty good question um top k-state football game of the past five years it's tough honestly to pick a single yeah, uh, uh go ahead <clears throat> So I, I actually had a hard time thinking about it. And, you know, the calling card over the last five years are literally almost no big victories. <laughs> exactly. Just winning games that you're supposed to. So this was a little tougher when I sat down and thought about it. So these are just the ones that came to mind. I think what is my number one is the 2013 game versus TCU. Daniel Sams had a great game, made a massive play to get us in field goal range to hit a game-winning field goal at the end. Uh, you know, that's probably my number one. Uh, some honorable mentions were the uh, last two Iowa State collapses inside Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Two improbable comebacks, which is fun, and it's always fun to then go on Twitter and absolutely abuse Iowa State fans. Uh, and then the only game – I threw this on here because it's probably the – biggest and best win from the last five years i wasn't at it otherwise it'd probably be number one which just last year versus oklahoma state you know skylar thompson the the legend of sky begins taking down a ranked team on the road 
Uh, so those are the games that came to my mind. Do you have any that you know? I mean, you pretty much you? you pretty much touched on all of them. I have the the TCU with last second field goal from Cantelli to win it. Um, I guess I'll mention one that you didn't mention in 2014, going and winning in Norman, 31-30. That was a huge win for oh, us. Oh, yep. um, that was big. That was big. Nightmare, nightmare season 2015. I have a couple. Or at least you mentioned the Farmageddon, the the historic Farmageddon collapse, which is probably the biggest collapse of 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 the series that I can remember. That was a good one. Uh, the West Virginia game that was a pretty good one that year, where uh, we won by twenty four twenty three. We Morgan Burns returned a kickoff, and we uh, it was a really ugly game. It was like a terrible first half. I think it was. I want to say it was like ten to six, and just a really terrible defensive slugfest, and then. Second half was pretty exciting. We had to win to go to a bowl game, and we ended up pulling out the victory. Um, I really enjoyed. It's not not really that big of a game, but I, I really enjoyed the 2016 Texas Tech game in Manhattan uh, when when Mahomes came in and got to watch him. He was, I mean, he was unreal. But we ended up winning 45, 44-38, I believe. That was a fun one. Yeah, it was a shootout. It's really it hard. It's really hard to pick one. Um, because I mean, there really aren't there really aren't that many to pick from in terms of like big game victories in the last five years. But just to do it, I'll say I'll say last year going to Oklahoma State, number ten Oklahoma State, and winning forty five forty. That's that was I'm gonna say that's our best win in the last five years. Yeah, I I, I think that would be hard to argue with. Uh, so I'll I'll take over ask a couple more uh, at Banner ninety five. Who do you see? being the new walk-on starters in 2018? I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the easy answer, and let's let's just leave it at this, the punter, kicker, and long snapper, we have three at each position. All nine of them are walk-ons. There's your three starters. I got nothing else besides that. That's a tough question. We'd have to do some research there and – Obviously, you don't know until it happens anyway, so that's like a crapshoot, any answer that we would put out there. Um, all right, next question. Yeah, uh, from our friend at Miles785EMAW. All right, Grant, tell us, who is going to be the starting quarterback this fall? Skyler. For me. Yeah, I, it's got to be. I, I think it's Sky. Uh, if I was running the offense – it would be sky, but something deep down in my gut says when game one, snap one, it's going to be Delhi going out there. Yeah, I, I think it'll end surprised. up being Alex Dalton. You know, I wouldn't. It's I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But I like them both for different reasons. But I think Sky Sky has a a higher ceiling. Um, I mean, Delton just doesn't have he doesn't have it in the passing game, and we need to at least have that as an option. He's obviously a great runner, and he proved that. He saved our asses in a couple of games, especially the bull game. But I think Skyler, I think it'll be at least Skyler, Skyler will take the job next year after maybe a few games. You know, we like to do the stupid two quarterback battles pretty often in our history. But I wouldn't be surprised if the first like three, four games we didn't really know. Uh, I guess we can't really do that, though, because we got a big game. Game two, we got Mississippi State coming in, yeah. so it'd be nice to have an established got the starter. Got coming to town. Uh, I'm just going to stick with Skyler, or maybe John Holcomb's going to come in and just be unreal. 
That was. Uh, I don't know though. Holcomb will have his time, but I think that's going to be after three years. I hope it's after three years of Skyler. Uh, but regardless, I hope we see. I, I really what I hope it is. I hope it is Skyler Thompson, eighty-five percent of the snaps. But we find a way to get some packages in there from Dalton because I do think he is an explosive player and a guy that we can do some stuff with. Okay, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Skyler Thompson, and he's going to get hurt immediately. It's going to be Dalton. Because <laughs> we're going to run mean, him into the ground like we like to do. Maybe <laughs> not, though. We got, we, got, uh, we got Andre Coleman calling the shots now. So let's, let's, let's hold off and let's try to be a little bit optimistic. Okay, all right. Next question. All right, so here, here's the question that I think over the life of this pod, or at least until Bill hangs it up, we are going to answer some iteration of this question at least five, six, seven, maybe eight, nine, a million times. Who are your top five coaches to take over for Bill when he retires? Also, who's your dream coach? And who do you think is the second coming of Ron Prince? Hopefully no one. Um, I agree. I didn't I did not even <laughs> I didn't honestly, even look into that one. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Hopefully it doesn't happen. So do you have a top five for us? Yeah, I I tried. Um, one Brent, I want Brent Venables. I think he should be our number one choice. Two or or Gary. Honestly, I think why not call Gary Patterson and at least be like, hey, come on, come home. We got a spot for you. I think it'd be crazy not to call Gary Patterson. At least take a shot. He seems like he 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 might be interested. I don't know. Probably not though. They they do have a statue of him at TCU. So that's a good know. point. That's a good. Po- well, we can rip down bills and put one up. Put a Gary one up. <laughs> no, we don't have to rip them down. <laughs> Gary can just go to the east side. We can uh, do. Um, we'll put a Gary on Bill's back, like he's piggybacking him, <laughs> riding him like Yoda's riding uh, Luke yeah, during his yeah. Jedi training. <laughs> Three. And this is the safe one, the obvious Jim Levitt, because it's like it's guaranteed if we wanted to. We call him. It's going to happen. Four, I had to dig a little bit, and I don't really – I mean, I don't really know. I looked around in, in like, the, you know, the coaching carousel. Um, I looked at some assistants. I, I, I like a Penn State's offensive coordinator, Moorhead, Joe Moorhead. Yep. He, I think he'd be a good, good one to take a chance on, um, and then maybe Brian, Brian Harson. He's got a pretty good record over at Boise, um, but I don't know. Dream coach? Does it have to be realistic or? No, I think I, dream coach. Uh, dream big. Nick Saban. I mean, come on. <laughs> Nick Saban would have us in the title in three years. It's. I mean, I really believe that he has that capability. He's absurd. I agree with you. Uh, we both have the same number one on our list. I think you have to, you know, it, it, maybe your first call is Gary Patterson, see what it would take. But if not, you you, you find out what it's going to take to bring Brent Venables in and you make it happen. I, I think it's too obvious. Yeah. He's the, he's the best offensive coordinator in the game. He's an elite recruiter. He has a maniac mentality that I think the K-State fans – just urge and thirst for. I bring bring that assistant strength and conditioning coach to hold him back. Bring, you know, give me that crazy dude and put him in the big chair. That's yeah. what I want. He's um, yeah, he's my real. If we're if I'm talking a realistic dream coach, it's Brent. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with you. 
the, I'm rounding out my top five. I don't go back to the tree. I go, I I'm going after some, uh, you know, some high mid major head coaches. I think, I think if you're talking about that type of guy, I think Mike Norvell at Memphis would be an amazing get. I know he is only, he's only completed two or three years at Memphis, but he's kept them going, you know, like, you know, like there's no tomorrow. He keeps them going. I'm a big Neil Brown fan down at Troy. I have Scott Sattersfield from Appalachian state and my number five, it's a wild card, but I, you know, I think I think K State's a place this guy could really succeed, and that's Ken Niamatoloho from Navy. Yeah, would he bring the triple option? I don't know, but I think you could find. I I really think Georgia Tech has proven that you have a ceiling of competing for a conference title. I think you know recruiting some of these big old farm guys who can you know batter you in the triple option finding a niche to recruit to that you're not going up against, you know, other elite programs. You find the best running backs and say, Hey, you're going to get 25 touches a game. You find a running quarterback. I, you know, I would love to see K-State give it a try. I don't know if it could be successful in the big 12, but I know it'd be a headache for other teams to prepare for every week. Um, My dream coach, I went a little bit more realistic than (laughs) Nick Saban. Uh, but probably not that much realistic. Bob Stoops, come out of retirement, Bob. That'd know, be awesome. Right, you know, right the ship. Bring a national title to K State. Uh, you know, that'd be great. I uh, also have a couple honorable mentions I just want to throw out there. I think a guy like Chad Morris might be worth looking at uh, at SMU. Tony Elliott, the OC at Clemson. Yeah. What about this? What if the offense just takes off over the next three years? Do you give Andre Coleman a look? Absolutely. I don't Why know. Not? That'd be that'd be fun. And then a name I'm throwing out there. Uh, I'm sure this this is going to be right up there with my Javon Thomas take from the first pod. But <laughs> if you're going back to the well of old uh, coordinators who had head coaching job, I do not call Jim Lovett. I call Brett Bielma. Uh, let, let's see what the big old hog could do at uh, K State. So you know that's my honorable mention, and uh, that's. You know that's that, that's what I'm saying. I I do not want Jim Lovett. Uh, if you're going that type of route, I'm I, I would take Brett a million times over him. That's fair. You pretty much touched on everyone else that I was looking into. The Navy coach, uh, Memphis guy, um, Bobby Stoops would be awesome. But all right, um, moving on. Yeah, uh, at Johnny Appleseed underscore Appleseed. Uh, assemble your dream Snyder Cats squad on offense, defense, and special team from Snyder 1.0 versus 2.0. If pitted against each other, who comes out with the W and Y? I left this in here as a teaser. Uh, good old Johnny Appleseed, you gave us inspiration for what will be a full-length pod later this summer, but it's not going to be one versus two because I think we both agree Snyder 1.0 all-star team would kick the living crap out of 2.0. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it would kill it, but I, th- I think Snyder 1.0 comes out with a win more often than not, for sure. Yeah, but when we go full-length pod, it'll be Grant, KSU versus Scott Wildcat, and when that time comes, it'll be a draft process. Any Snyder player, any era uh we'll pit our teams against each other and we might have to put a poll out to decide who the winner is. Uh, 
you know, I'm looking forward to that. I think we'll break that out. That'll be fun. In the, uh, it'll be the heat of summer when we're starting to get superstar for football. It'll be a, it'll be a great little taster. Yes. I'm looking forward to that one. All right, folks, that concludes part one of the Q&A podcast episode, Question Extravaganza, using the hashtag AskBosco. We thank you guys for all the questions. We, now, we only did the first half of the questions. We're going to re-release part two a little bit later, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and subscribe, like, retweet. Thanks, folks. Bye. Podcast Network.